Hare Krishna everyone. Welcome back to the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books. Here in the live studios in Hive, the Haven, Southeast England. Kent. We're going to go right into the reading today because we're a little late. <clears throat> Chaitanya Charitamrita. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, as he stood up after ending, ending a lecture in Mundir, an earth tremor caused mild flooding of the adjacent Ganga. The water soon receded, after which Srila Saraswati Thakur said, <clears throat> In due course, Mahapralaya, devastating floods, will inundate the entire universe. If you attempt to survive by swimming in that deluge, then do not neglect to hold, take hold of Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. Or, if you cannot hold all three, then release Bhagavad Gita. If necessary, you may also relinquish Srimad Bhagavatam. But under no circumstances, release your hold on Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, for if this one book remains, then the flood can do no actual damage, because after it is subsided, the message of Shastra can be revived from Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita alone, it being the essence of all Shastra. <coughs> Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gorda Bhakta Vrinda <clears throat> Okay, I hope you've all done your homework and read this chapter, taken notes, try to follow <clears throat> the exposition of Lord Chaitanya himself uh, giving the full import of the Vedanta Sutra to the Mayavadi sannyasis, teaching us how to convert Mayavadi sannyasis. Don't try to do it on your own. <laughs> <coughs> okay. <clears throat> We're starting with text 113, chapter 7, Adi Lila, Chaitanya Charitamrita. And Lord Chaitanya is continuing to speak to the Mayavadi sannyasis about the Vedanta Sutra and what it actually is what it actually says. The Supreme Personality of Godhead is full of spiritual potencies. Therefore, his body, name, fame, and entourage are all spiritual. The Mayavadi philosopher, due to ignorance, says that these are all merely transformations of the material mode of goodness. <clears throat> 
sound familiar, doesn't it? Prabhupada, everything he said was exactly from Shastra. Purport. In the seventh chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, the Supreme Personality of Godhead has classified his energies in two distinct divisions, namely Aprakrita and Prakrita, or Para-Prakriti and Apara-Prakriti. In the Vishnu Purana, the same distinction is made. The Mayavadi philosophers cannot understand these two prakritis, or natures, <clears throat> spiritual and material. But one who is actually intelligent can understand them. Considering the many varieties and activities in material nature, why should the Mayavadi philosophers deny the spiritual varieties of the spiritual world? The Bhagavatam 10.2.32 says, Yenye Rabindaksha Vimuktimaninas Twayasta Bhavad Avashuddha Buddhiyaha. The intelligence of those who think themselves liberated but have no information of the spiritual world is not yet clear. In this verse, the term Avishuddha Buddhiya refers to unclean intelligence. Due to unclean intelligence or a poor fund of knowledge, the Mayavadi philosophers cannot understand the distinction between material and spiritual varieties. Therefore, they cannot even think of spiritual varieties because they take it for granted that all variety is material. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu therefore explains in this verse that Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead or the Absolute Truth, has a spiritual body that is distinct from material bodies and thus his name, abode, entourage and qualities are all spiritual. The material mode of goodness has nothing to do with spiritual varieties. Mayavadi philosophers, however, cannot clearly understand spiritual varieties. Therefore, they imagine a negation of the material world to be the, the spiritual world. The material qualities of goodness, passion and ignorance cannot act in the spiritual world which is therefore called Nirguna, as clearly indicated in the Bhagavad Gita, Trigunya Vishaya Veda Nishtrigunyo Bhavarjuna. The material world is a manifestation of the three modes of material nature, but one has to become free from these modes to come to the spiritual world, where their influence is completely absent. Now Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will disassociate Lord Shiva from Mayavad philosophy in the following verse. 114 Shankaracharya, who is an incarnation of Lord Shiva, is faultless because he is a servant carrying out the orders of Lord. But those who follow his Mayavadi philosophy are doomed they will lose all their advancement in spiritual knowledge. Report. My body philosophers are very proud 
of exhibiting their Vedanta philosophy and Vedanta knowledge through grammatical jugglery. But if the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Sri Krishna, but in the Bhagavad Gita, Lord Sri Krishna certifies that they are mayaya parita jnana, bereft of real knowledge due to maya. Maya has two potencies with which to execute her two functions. The prakshapatmika, the prakshapatmika shakti, the power to throw the living entity into the ocean of material existence, and the avaranatmika shakti, the power to cover the knowledge of the living entity. The function of the avaranatmika shakti is explained in the Bhagavad Gita by the word mayaya parita jnana. Why the daivimaya or illusory energy of Krishna takes away the knowledge of the Mayavadi philosophers is also explained in the Bhagavad Gita by the use of the words asuram bhavam ashritaha which refers to a person who does not agree to the existence of the Lord. The Mayavadis who are not in agreement with the existence of the Lord can be classified into two groups exemplified by the impersonalist Shankarites of Varanasi and the Buddhists of Saranatha. Both groups are Mayavadis and Krishna takes away their knowledge due to their atheistic philosophies. Neither group agrees to accept the existence of a personal God. The Buddhist philosophers clearly deny both the soul and God and although the Shankarites do not openly deny God, they say that the Absolute is nirakara, or formless. Thus, both the Buddhists and the Shankarites are avishuddha buddhiya, or imperfect and unclean in their knowledge and intelligence. The most prominent, now this is a very, very long purport. I'm going to finish it. No, no matter how long it takes. The most prominent Mayavadi scholar, Sadananda Yogindra, has written a book called Vedanta Sara, in which he expounds the philosophy of Shankaracharya. And all the followers of Shankara's philosophy attribute great importance to his statements. In this Vedanta Sara, Sadananda Yogindra defines Brahman as Satchitananda, combined with knowledge and without duality. And he defines ignorance, Jada, as knowledge distinct from that of Sat and Asat. This is almost inconceivable, but it is a product of the three, three material qualities. Thus he considers anything other than pure knowledge to be material. The center of ignorance is considered to be sometimes all-pervading and sometimes individual. <clears throat> Thus, according to his opinion, both the all-pervading Vishnu and the individual living entities are products of ignorance. In simple language, it is the opinion of Sarananda Yogindra 
that since everything is nirakara, formless, the conception of Vishnu and the conception of the individual soul are both products of ignorance. He also explains that the Vishuddha-sattva conception of the Vaishnavas is nothing but pradhan, or the chief principle of creation. He maintains that when all-pervading knowledge is contaminated by the Vishuddha-sattva, which consists of a transformation of the quality of goodness, there arises the conception of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who is the omnipotent, omniscient, supreme ruler, the Supersoul, the cause of all causes, the Supreme Ishwara, etc. <clears throat> Excuse me. According to Sadananda Yogendra, because Ishwara, the Supreme Lord, is the reservoir of all ignorance, he may be called Sarvagya or omniscient, but one who denies the existence of the omnipotent Supreme Personality of Godhead is more than Ishwara or the Lord, Hare Krishna. Now, if it sounds more difficult to understand this section, it's because it is impossible for a Vaishnava to understand the Maya body philosophy. So don't spend too much time trying to understand this. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Try to understand the concept, but don't go, don't dwell there, please. I'll start again. According to Sadananda Yogendra, because Ishwara, the Supreme Lord, is the reservoir of all ignorance, he may be called Sarvagya, or omniscient, but one who denies the existence of the omnipotent Supreme Personality of Godhead is more than Ishwara, or the Lord. His conclusion, therefore, is that the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Ishwara, is a transformation of material ignorance, and that the living entity is covered by ignorance. Thus he describes both collective and individual existence in darkness. According to Mayavadi philosophers, the Vaishnava conception of the Lord as the Supreme Personality of Godhead and of the Jiva, or individual soul, as his eternal servant, is a manifestation of ignorance. If we accept the judgment of Lord Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, however, the Mayavadis are to be considered Mayaya Aparita Jnana, Mayaya Aparita Aparita Jnana, Mayaya Aparita Jnana, or bereft of all knowledge, because they do not recognize the existence of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, or they claim that His existence is a product of the material conception, Maya. These are characteristics of Asuras, or demons. One second. Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his discourses with Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya, said, Jivira Nishtaralagi Sutra Kaila Vyas Mayavadi Bhasha Shunile 
Haya Sarvanash. That's CC Madhya 6, 169. <clears throat> Vyasadeva composed the Vedanta Sutra to deliver the conditioned souls from this material world. But Shankaracharya, by presenting the Vedanta Sutra in his own way, has clearly done a great disservice to human society. For one who follows his Mayavad philosophy is doomed. In the Vedanta Sutra, <clears throat> devotional service is clearly indicated, but the Mayavadi philosophers refuse to accept the spiritual body of the Supreme Absolute Person and refuse to accept that the living entity has an individual existence separate from that of the Supreme Lord. Thus they have created atheistic havoc all over the world. For such a conclusion is against the very nature of the transcendental process of pure devotional service. The Mayavadi philosophers' unrealizable, un unrealizable ambition to become one with the Supreme through denying the existence of the Personality of Godhead results in a most calamitous rep misrepresentation of spiritual knowledge. And one who follows this philosophy is doomed to remain perpetually in this material world. Therefore, the Mayavadis are called Afushuddha, Avushuddha Buddhiya, or unclean in knowledge. Because they are unclean in knowledge, all their austerities and penances end in frustration. Thus, although they may be honored at first as very learned scholars, ultimately they descend to physical activities of politics, social work, etc. Instead of becoming one with the Supreme Lord, they again become one with these material activities. This is explained in Srimad Bhagavatam 10.2.32 Aruya Krich Trena Padam Padam Tata Patantyado Nadvita Yushmad Angrayaha. In actuality, the Mayavadi philosophers very strictly follow the austerities and penances of spiritual life, and in this way are elevated to the impersonal Brahman platform. But due to their negligence of the lotus feet of the Lord, they again fall down to material existence. That wasn't the long purport I thought it was, but there is a really long one coming up. Okay, text 115. One who considers the transcendental body of, the, of Lord Vishnu to be made of material nature is the greatest offender at the lotus feet of the Lord. I'll repeat that. One who considers the transcendental body of Lord Vishnu to be made of material nature is the greatest offender at the lotus feet of the Lord. There is no greater blasphemy against the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Purport Sri Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thak Goswami explains that the variegated personal feature of the Absolute Truth is the Vishnu Tattva and that the material energy which creates this cosmic manifestation is the energy of Lord Vishnu. The creative force is merely the energy of the Lord. But the foolish 
conclude that because the Lord has distributed Himself in an impersonal form, He has no separate existence. <clears throat> the impersonal Brahman, the, the impersonal Brahman, however, cannot possess energies, nor do the Vedic literature state that Maya, the illusory energy, is covered by another Maya. There are hundreds and thousands of references, however, to Vishnu Maya, Parasha Shakti, or the energy of, the, of Lord Vishnu. In the Bhagavad Gita 7.14, <clears throat> Krishna refers to Mama Maya, my energy. <clears throat> Maya is controlled by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is not that he is covered by Maya. I'll repeat that again. Maya is controlled by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is not that he is covered by Maya. Therefore, Lord Vishnu cannot be a product of the material energy. In the beginning of the Vedanta Sutra, it is said, Janmad Yasya Yataha, indicating that the material energy is also an emanation of the Supreme Brahman. <clears throat> how then, how then could he be covered by the material energy? If that were possible, material energy would be greater than the Supreme Brahman. Even these simple arguments, however, cannot be understood by Mayavadi philosophers, and therefore the term Mayaya Purita Jnana, which is applied to them in the Bhagavad Gita, is extremely appropriate. Anyone who thinks that Lord Vishnu is a product of the material energy, as explained by Sadananda Yogindra, should immediately be understood to be insane, for his knowledge has been stolen by the illusory energy. Lord Vishnu cannot be placed within the category of the demigods. Those who are actually bewildered by the Mayavad philosophy are, are still in the darkness of ignorance. Consider Lord Vishnu and are still in the darkness of ignorance. Consider Lord Vishnu to be a demigod in defiance of the Rig Vedic mantra Om Tad Vishnu Padamam Padam. Vishnu is always in a superior position. This mantra is confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita, Matak Paratanam Nanyat. There is no truth superior to Lord Krishna, Krishna or Vishnu. Thus, only those whose knowledge has been bewildered consider Lord Vishnu to be a demigod and therefore suggest that one may worship either Lord Vishnu, the goddess Kali, Durga, or whomever he likes and achieve the same result. This is an ignorant conclusion that is not accepted in the Bhagavad Gita 9.25, which distinctly says, Yanti Deva Vritad Devan, Yanti Mud Yajino Pimam. The worshippers of the demigods will be promoted to the respective planets of the demigods, but the devotees of the Supreme Lord will go back home, back to Godhead. Lord Krishna explains very clearly 
in the Bhagavad Gita 7.14 that his material energy is very difficult to overcome. Daiviyesha gunamayi mamamaya duratyaya Maya's influence is so strong that even learned scholars and spiritualists are also covered by Maya and think themselves to be as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Actually, however, to free oneself from the influence of Maya, one must surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as Krishna also states in the Bhagavad Gita 7.14, Mam eva ye prapadyante maya metam tarantite. It is to be concluded, therefore, that Lord Vishnu does not belong to this material creation, but to the spiritual world. To misconceive Lord Vishnu to have a material body or to equate him with the demigods is the most offensive blasphemy against Lord Vishnu. And offenders against the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu cannot advance in spiritual knowledge. They are called mayaya paritakyana or those whose knowledge has been stolen by the influence of illusion. One who thinks that there is a difference between Lord Vishnu's body and his soul dwells in the darkness re darkest region of ignorance. There is no difference between Lord Vishnu's body and Vishnu's soul, for they are advaya jnana, one knowledge. In this world, there is a difference. In this world, there is a difference between the material body and the spiritual soul, but in the spiritual world. Everything is spiritual, and there, and there are so no such differences. The greatest offense of the Mayavadi philosophers is to consider Lord Vishnu and the living entities to be one and the same. In this connection, the Padma Purana states, Arche Vishnu Shiladir Guru Show Naramatir Vaishnave Jati Bhuti Yasyava Naraki Saha. One who considers the Archamurti, the worshipable deity of Lord Vishnu, to be stone, the spiritual master, to be an ordinary human being, <clears throat> and a Vaishnava, to belong to a particular caste or creed, is possessed of hell hellish intelligence. One who follows such conclusions is doomed. One second. Text 116. Remember, this is Lord Chaitanya continuing to explain to the Mayavadi philosophers what the Vedanta Sutra actually is. <clears throat> the Lord is like a great blazing fire, and the living entities are like small sparks of that fire. Purport. Although sparks and a big fire are both fire and both have the power to burn, the burning power of the fire and that of the spark are not the same. Why should one artificially try to become like a big fire, although by constitution he is like a small spark? It is due to ignorance. 
one should therefore understand that neither the Supreme Personality of Godhead nor the small, spark-like living entities have anything to do with matter, but that when the spiritual spark comes in contact with the material world, his fiery quality is extinguished. That is the position of the conditioned souls. Because they are in touch with the material world, their spiritual quality is almost dead. But because these spiritual sparks are all Krishna's parts and parcels, as the Lord states in the Bhagavad Gita, Mamai Vangsha, they can, they, can, they can revive their original position by getting free from material contact. This is pure philosophical understanding. <clears throat> In the Bhagavad Gita, the spiritual sparks are declared to be sanatana, eternal. Therefore, the material energy, maya, cannot affect their constitutional position. Someone may argue, why is there a need to create the spiritual sparks? The answer can be given in this way. Since the Absolute Personality of Godhead is omnipotent, He has both limited, both unlimited and limited potencies. This is the meaning of omnipotent. To be omnipotent, He must have not only unlimited potencies, but limited potencies also. Thus, to exhibit His omnipotency, He displays both. The living entities are endowed with limited potency, although they are part of the Lord. The Lord displays the spiritual world by His unlimited potencies, whereas he, His limited potencies, but whereas by, the, by His limited potencies, the material world is displayed. In the Bhagavad Gita 7.5, the Lord says, Aparayami tastvanyam prakritim Vidime Param Jivabhutam Mahabaho Yayedam Daryate Jagat. Besides these inferior energies, O mighty armed Arjuna, there is another superior energy of mine which comprises the living entities who are exploiting the resources of this material inferior nature. The Jivabhuta, the living entities, control this material world with their limited potencies. Generally, people are bewildered by the activities of scientists and technologists. Due to Maya, they think that there is no need of God and that they can do everything and anything, but actually they cannot. Since this cosmic manifestation is limited, their existence is also limited. Everything in this material world is limited and for this reason there is creation, sustenance and dissolution. However, in the world of unlimited, unlimited energy, the spiritual world, there is neither creation nor destruction. One minute. If the Personality of Godhead did not possess both limited and unlimited energies, he could not be called 
omnipotent. Anor aniyan, mahato mahiyan. The Lord is smaller than the smallest and greater than the greatest. He is smaller than the smallest in the form of the living entities and greater than the greatest in his form of Krishna. If there were no one to control, there would be no meaning to the conception of the Supreme Controller, Ishwara, just as there is no meaning to a king without his subjects. If all the subjects became king, there would be no distinction between the king and an ordinary citizen. Thus, for the Lord to be the Supreme Controller, there must be a creation to control. The basic principle of existence of the living entities is called chit vilas, or spiritual pleasure. The omnipotent Supreme Lord, the omnipotent Lord, displays His pleasure potency as the living entities. The Lord is described in the Vedanta Sutra 1.1.12 as Ananda Mayo Vyasat. <clears throat> he is by nature the reservoir of all pleasures, and because He wants to enjoy pleasure, there must be the energies to give Him pleasure or supply Him the impetus for pleasure. This is the perfect philosophical understanding of the Absolute Truth. This is so important. I'm going to repeat this last part. <clears throat> I'm going to read the last, sentence, last paragraph again. If the Personality of Godhead <clears throat> did not possess both limited and unlimited energies, he could not be called omnipotent or omnipotent. Anur Aniyan Mahato Mahiyan. The Lord is smaller than the smallest and greater than the greatest. He is smaller than the smallest in the form of the living entities and greater than the greatest in his form of Krishna. If there were no one to control, there would be no meaning to the conception of the Supreme Controller, Ishwara, just as there is no meaning to a king without his subjects. If all the subjects became king, there would be no distinction between the king and an ordinary citizen. Thus, for the Lord to be the Supreme Controller, there must be a creation to control. The basic principle for the existence of the living entities is called chid vilas, or spiritual pleasure. The omnipotent Lord displays His pleasure potency as the living entities. The Lord is described in the Vedanta Sutra 1.1.12 as Anandamayo Vyasat. He is by nature the reservoir of all pleasures. And because He wants to enjoy pleasure, there must be energies to give Him pleasure or supply Him the, the impetus for pleasure. This is the perfect philosophical understanding of the Absolute Truth. And we're going to stop there. I've been talking all day and I need to give my voice a, a rest. Um, okay, so this is our magical time where we reflect upon what we've read.
this is very deep understanding of the difference between the impersonal conception and the personal conception, it's extremely important for us to at least grasp it by hearing. So if there's any reflections, discussion, looks like there is something, <coughs> a bias Sudevi over Dasi. there. From Sudevi. Okay. She says, Hare Krishna Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Since I am not scholarly and not much of a debater, and the Mayavadis do not understand the basic fact in first lesson that we are not these bodies, but spiritual in nature, there is not much conversation to have with them. The only thing left to purify them is to give them prasadam and purify them with the holy names, with Harinam. There is something every devotee can do to help them, even if not very good with words. I'm speaking for myself. Yes, that's absolutely true. <clears throat> that's absolutely true. And actually, one of the reasons why Lord Chaitanya said that anyone who hears from them submissively, their spiritual life is doomed, it's better not to talk to them. Unless one knows very well how to discuss with them without becoming hooked and losing their un proper understanding, uh, better not to. That's a, that's a very deep truth. And even the Mayavadis, when they hear you know, the holy name or they take prasadam, even the Mayavadis sometimes, they can't taste it because their consciousness is so offensive. They're, they're offenders, big offenders. And therefore Krishna doesn't uh, he withdraws his his potency from them because that's what they want. They want to be God. So he teaches them a very good lesson by allowing them to, to think that they are God, which is the most inconceivable thing for a devotee. That's why it's so difficult to, for a devotee to understand. I wouldn't go so far as to say you're not philosophical or not scholarly because it sounds to me like you understand pretty well what was just said. And that's the real reality. If a person is actually a Vaishnava, whether they're learned scholars or not, they know more than the Mayavadis who are simply sitting there juggling words all day and can't understand the simplest truth. Therefore, it's a fact that for the masses of people, Lord Chaitanya just did kirtan. And because he was Krishna himself, when he went out and people saw him and heard him chanting, they became immediately pure, pure lovers of God, full on. He took sannyas just because the Mayavadis and upstart students and, you know, there's, there's a very interesting... Uh, pastime. I'll relate to you on this on this subject. Lord Nityananda took Jiva Goswami on Namatui Parikrama. <clears throat> Jiva Goswami was on his way to, to be with uh, Lord Chaitanya and Rupa while he was there. And then 
he found out, oh yes, this was later, this was later. He was on his way to, to see, to, to, to join Rupa and Sanatana, and he found out that they had left. I may be mixing stories here. Let me think for a second. Yes, he found he was on his way to to, Rup, to to Jagannath Puri to meet with Lord Chaitanya, and he found out while he was traveling that Lord Chaitanya had left. So then he went to Navadweep to meet Lord Nityananda because Lord Nityananda was still present, and Lord Nityananda took him around uh, Navadweep. Uh, Dam Mahatmya, it's described that while Lord Nityananda was taking Jiva Goswami around uh, Gormandala Parikrama, he pointed out the, the glories of the Holy Dham in many ways. If you touch your foot here, you'll liberate, liberate it. If you lay down to sleep here, you'll get full Dandavats, full Dandavats. Uh, credit for doing full dandavats just by lying down so many things <clears throat> then at the end of the parikrama Jiva Goswami inquired from from Lord Nityananda I, I couldn't help but notice that when I was traveling around the Dham I saw so many people doing sinful activities so how is it that all these things you told me about contact with the Dham how could it be true and Lord Nityananda gave a very profound answer. He said, I'm paraphrasing, I'm just paraphrasing. He said, yes, when one develops too much faith in the power of one's own intelligence, he can reject even the, the mercy of Lord Chaitanya. So that's what happens to the Maya body philosophers. They develop so much tr faith in the power of their own intelligence, their own ability to juggle the Sanskrit grammar, that they come to the point of convincing themselves that they are actually the Supreme. Even though it's obvious that if the Supreme is one and the only reality is oneness and there is no variety in the spiritual world, then why are they here? What are they doing? How are they the same as God? It's not possible. But, you know, the Mayavadi philosophy is there's, there's ultimately everything is one and the varieties are caused by duality. But by their own philosophy, the, the impersonal one is the source of everything and therefore it's the source of duality. So there cannot be one, there has to be two. There has to be, has to be duality. And they explain it away. They explain it away by saying, no, no, it's neither emanated or not, it doesn't exist. <laughs> anyway, there's millions of ways. There's a Shastra that's called, I can't remember the Bengali, but the, the translation is thousands of ways to defeat the Mayavad philosophy. 
because their, their philosophy doesn't hold up to common sense logic and reason. It doesn't explain what you see before your eyes. They can't explain the duality other than saying it doesn't exist. You can't talk about it because it doesn't exist, but they write volumes and volumes of book <laughs> out of words that cannot explain what it is. That's what happens when your intelligence is stolen by illusion. So it's better to be a simple, humble, pure Vaishnava devotee and have full faith in Krishna and be able to taste prasadam and hear the holy name. Okay, what else? Thank you, Sudevi, for that lovely realization. Something from Gopal Roy, Guru? Haribo Gopal Roy. He says, Nowhere is the science of God explained so comprehensively. There is no comparison to these literatures. Yes. I am still in shock and awe at that last purport. Yes. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. All glories to Srila Prabhupada. So one question and is, all glories to the devotees that Prabhupada empowered to edit these books. Hare Krishna. He says, one question is, in regards to Mayavadis being offensive, there are many kirtans performed in modern times by Mayavadis and impersonalists. Do they or their hearers get benefit from this kirtan? Uh, no, because just like you know, there's so many musicians who have so many big concerts and everybody's dancing and jumping and crying and whatever, but it's only the material energy uh, empowering the material energy. There's nothing spiritual about it. So when, when the Mayavadi uh, sannyasis and usually they don't chant, but some that do, some of them that are Western and common, although I won't name names because I don't want to name names, but there are bhajan kirtaniyas now from, from Westerners who got the idea from India and they chant and they become popular because they have a nice voice or they, they know nice ways to chant or whatever. But because their consciousness is not pure, you know, because they're actually impersonalists underneath and they want to merge with God and become purified by the holy name to, to merge with God. Sometimes they even worship deities, but their idea is, their goal is to merge into the deity. So Krishna gives them this intelligence to forget because they want to forget. That's what they want. They want to be supreme themselves. They can't be supreme themselves, so he gives them the ability to think that they can be supreme themselves. And therefore, as Prabhupada said in one of the purports, they can stay in the material world as long as they like. Sometimes, I mean, it's everywhere. Mayavad philosophy is everywhere. Somebody can be in the most miserable condition, and if you ask them, why are you suffering? He said, I'm not suffering. Because <laughs> they rationalize it. This is just a part of the material world. You know, I'm not actually... Whatever they do, uh, they are suffering. And if they can't admit it, then there's no way they can want to leave the material world. <laughs>
They have to rationalize philosophy to make it okay to stay in the material world forever. I mean, there's much more to it than that, but that's one basic thing, or basic way that they think. But it's very nice, Gopal, that you have that consciousness, that you can think so highly of that purport. <clears throat> That's wonderful. Something from Rati Manjari? Jai Rati. She says, Dear Guru Maharaj, please accept my humble obeisances. Thank you for another essential reading. I especially loved hearing Śrīla Prabhupāda explain in the purport of text 116 on what the need is to create the spiritual sparks, us. Mm. The reason being that for the absolute, the reason being that for the absolute truth is omnipotent, so he has to have both limited and unlimited potencies of yes. which we are one. Yes. If I remember well, Srila Prabhupada was once asked why he was talking so much about Mayavadis. Who were these Mayavadis that he seemed upset with? Did he have a grudge with them or something? And Srila Prabhupada answered... No, it wasn't like that. Just let me correct that, just for, your, for, for all of our benefit. What he said was, <clears throat> or what the question was, why do you speak so much about the Mayavadis? Here in the West, there aren't any Mayavadis. Go ahead, I think you're going to finish the sentence. And Srila Prabhupada answered, you are the Mayavadis. Yeah, that's right. I wrote the books for you because you are the Mayavadis. That's right. It's all. It's everywhere. The Mayavad philosophy is everywhere. It's in India, it's here also. You, you just try to talk to a Christian long enough and deep enough to be able to f find out what their conception of God is. And it will not be a person. Almost, almost 100%, 99.9999%. What else? She says, Thank you for clarifying that story. Mm. Anyway, the, 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 the idea was there. I just wanted to make it more precise. Okay, with the, with the permission of everyone, all of you souls who are my masters, uh, I'll take an early break tonight because I have been walking, you know, conversing all day today and then my, my voice is a little bit, whoops, we got another one. Okay. Rati is asking, could we say that one can be a Mayavadi out of ignorance? Or who, is is saying, who is saying that? Rati Mandrai. Yeah, you, a Mayavadi means ignorance. And she goes on to say, or is it always envy? Envy and ignorance are the same. Not the same, but they're, one comes from the other. You can't be envious unless you're ignorant. You can't be ignorant unless you're envious. Uh, I mean ignorance of the nature of the Supreme Person. That's ignorance. That's what ignorance is. 
ignorance is forgetfulness of the Supreme Person. Ignorance is whenever you think there is anything not connected with the Supreme. That's ignorance. That's Maya. That you'll read about in the four uh, seed verses, the Chatra Shloki Bhagavatam, spoken by Lord Brahma to Narada Muni. Anything that's separate, seen to be separate from Krishna, is illusion, is ignorance. There's nothing that's separate from Krishna. She says, wow, thank you. That is strong. Ignorance and envy to be always connected. Yes. Transformation of the mode of ignorance results in the senses, results in the sense objects, results in the, 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 yeah, everything in this material world. So that's what's covering us, like the cloud created by the sun, and then the cloud covers the sun. So the transformation of Krishna's energy creates the cloud, and then that cloud covers the living beings from seeing him. So he is the cause of, cause of all causes. These philosophies, impersonal philosophies, they more or less stop. They, they take a stage of the creation to be the end of the creation. That's why it describes there somewhere that in what we just read that the Mayavadis think that Pradhan is the Absolute. They can't go beyond where the Pradhan came from. Because as we have, as the question that Rati asked what touches on this, that for the Supreme Absolute Truth, to be the supreme absolute truth, he, there must be no source other than him. In other words, he's the source of everything. So everything is included, connected with him. But him, there's no source. That's where the concept of God, that's what the concept of God is, the absolute truth, the, the cause of all causes. That's why mercy that comes from him is causeless. Marathi says, please kindly go on reading every day and uplift us from this cloud of ignorance and envy. Dear Guru Maharaj. By your, by your desire, I, I will. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Rati, very much. Okay, that's the end of another day in the life of the pure devotees of Lord Chaitanya. 
just hearing about Lord Chaitanya and the wonderful, inconceivable things he did. He, he converted, we can't even convert one Mayavadi, but he converted about 60,000 of them all at once. <laughs> inconceivable. In other words, he exhibited the potency of the inconceivable potency and personality of Godhead with everything that he did. Therefore, he is worthy of taking shelter of. He is worthy of our worship. Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Ki Jai Samaveda Bhakta Vinda Ki Jai Gopremanandi Hari Hari Bo See you tomorrow, same place, same station. Hari Krishna, Hari Bo